The period of civil war has ended. It's definitely an improvement and totally not a lateral move. Join Ambassador Plek Dexeter and his intrepid crew as they explore astounding new worlds, discover their heroic destinies, and meet weird bug creatures and stuff. This is Mission to Zix. Mission to Zix, an improvised science fiction podcast. at CYXX, launching September 6th. The following advertisement has been paid for by the big guy Ryback. Are you hungry? You know I'm so hungry, big guy. Hey, Mark. What brings you here? So I'm just here to hang out with my all-time favorite superstar of all time. What brings you here? Well, I'm doing a paid advertisement for Feed Me More Nutrition. Available at FeedMeMore.com. Big guy, that is music to my ears. Do you tell the people about your ISO-hungry grass-fed whey protein isolate, the best-tasting protein on the market, Wake Up Unlimited Energy, the strongest pre-workout on the market, and the big guy, all-natural testosterone booster, my personal fave. Big guy, you're on to something with this Feed Me More Nutrition. It is some top-quality stuff. Well, thank you, Mark, it is. Feed Me More Nutrition, premium quality, the highest quality supplements on the market today. Available now at FeedMeMore.com. Hey everybody, Pat Buck here. Winter's in full effect, and what that means for me is I hate leaving my apartment, but I gotta eat. So what I do is I use Blue Apron. What is Blue Apron? Blue Apron is the number one fresh ingredient and recipe delivery service in the country. If you don't know what Blue Apron is, shame on you. Basically, for less than $10 per meal, you order this stuff, it comes to your house, The stuff is fresh. It's great. I would say that I cook it myself, but that would be a lie. I actually beg my wife to cook it. But once it's made, I've tried food I've I've never had before. Pork chops and garlic piccata with scallion rice and spinach. That's on the upcoming menu, and I can't wait for that to arrive. Mushroom and chipotle pepper enchiladas with lime sour cream. Stuff you never thought you'd eat or like. It's fresh. It's great. Please try it. We got a special going on here. It's affordable for less than $10 per person. Per meal, Blue Apron delivers seasonal recipes along with pre-portioned ingredients to make delicious home-cooked meals. You know this service is legit because Sanjay Dutt uses it. And if he's buying this stuff, then if he's actually putting money into something, then you know it's good stuff. So what I need you to do is check out this week's menu. Get your first three meals for free with free shipping by going to blueapron.com slash conversations with an S. Even though it's conversation with the big guy, apparently the code is conversations. That's blueapron.com backslash conversations. Enjoy the show. Ladies and gentlemen, and right now, I'd like to introduce... Whoa, 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 whoa. A guy who lost his smile. A guy who took his brand and walked away from millions of dollars. He hails from Sin City. He... Ah, damn it! That's enough for you two! Shut up! Yo! I think he's, uh, I think he said we're fired. Shut up! Pat, slap my ass! It's time for conversation with the big guy, pal! <laughs> Welcome to Conversation with the Big Guy. I am the Big Guy Ryback, and I'm sitting here with the one, Pat Buck. 
and we're here on a brand new episode. I can't believe we got those three big names to do our introduction. I mean, we, you had yeah. to pull some serious strings on that one. You know, with everything the way they've gone since my departure from WWE, and for those three guys to do voiceovers for conversation with the big guy, there's nobody more humble than myself right now. I mean, thank you guys very, very much. I just think it would have been a little bit better if Vince would have wore his pants. You know, just just, <laughs> just very unprofessional outside of TV. But he's happy to do it. We thank those guys for the introduction. Uh, but we're back again. And um, first off, we get a lot of, I think, new listeners weekly. And we saw it. I don't know if it was the little uh, the rub ski from the from the uh, Bruce Pritchard. I uh, got I'm getting their things. Their name of the pod. Oh, something to wrestle podcast. Sorry, guys. But uh, they plugged us very well. And we want to say thank you. We plugged them kind of first, but they're uh, a great show. Oh, and, oh, yeah. And I think the wrestling podcast thing is really kind of cool because we're all in competition, but we're not in competition because we can, there's, you know, if there's 24 wrestling podcasts, you know what you say that I don't think there's any competition with it. You can't look at it like that. I look at it as everybody has their own little niche, you know, and just let like it's, and and I've always said that there's enough money in the world for everybody. And you can't like, uh, I, I listened to their episode this week, and I thought it was very cool of them. They didn't have to to say that, and uh, and I appreciate it, and I'm very thankful um, that they did so. But they again, they have a great show, and I listen to it. I, like I, I start listening to it weekly now mm-hmm. when I wasn't listening to podcast on a regular basis. So um, it's cool they have they have a completely different show and format than us. And I enjoy it, so why not talk about it? You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, it motivates us to be a better. Better podcast, whole bunch of them I like. Uh, so I think we got a little new segment on this show. Or actually, no, we should plug stuff first. You wanted to get to that. Let's be professional. I think let's. I think we should stick to the format, Buck, and and, and you know and, and keep the format alive. Uh, I want to say thank you to everybody though. Feed Me More Nutrition is now available on FeedMeMore.com and available at I'llPumpYouUp.com and more retailers to be announced soon. Also, wake up! It's feeding time. A professional athlete's advice on how to succeed in the game of life is available now on Amazon, coming soon on Audible in February. Saturday, January 21st, Hazleton, Pennsylvania, PPW Shellshocked, 5 p.m. meet and greet, 7 p.m. bell time. The big guy Ryback will be there live in person, handing out shell shocks. Sunday, January 22nd, Destiny Pro Wrestling, Ryback versus Moose, Battle of the Big Boys. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Battle of the big boys. <laughs> 7.30 bell time in Mississauga, Ontario, Canada. Ah, you got any? Uh, you're doing it. It's only two appearances right now. But there's a big one February 10th at Starland Ballroom. WrestleProOnline.com. You can see the Ryback, the Ryback versus Brian Cage. Uh, Cody Rhodes will be in the house. All the WrestlePro regulars. Uh, January 20th, coming right up. CreatorProWrestling.com. I'm actually really pumped. We got a new student that joined the that joined my program in New Jersey because of this podcast, which is kind of nice. Uh, wow. You, Congratulations. One, thank you. So uh, I have two locations in Rahway, New Jersey, and in Hicksville, New York. That is my, it's not my 9 to 5, but it's my, uh, I guess, 6 to 11.30 is training the up-and-coming talent of professional wrestling. If you want to be a wrestler, check out WrestleProOnline.com or CreatorProWrestling.com. January, 20, January 20th, Hicksville, New York. Uh, CreatorProWrestling.com. I'm trying to think of other shit that I just can't remember. Um, I think that that's that's what I had. Do you have any? I have any more? 
I was just going to say to everybody out there, you know, considering going to wrestling school, just know that Pat Buck taught me everything that I know about <laughs> wrestling. So that will either work for you or against you heavily, depending say, on. No one's going <laughs> to sign up now. <laughs> I don't want to go where he went. <laughs> Look, you taught me how to do power bombs and clotheslines. I also got a, I got us almost banned from OVW when you came back, and I we thought it'd be a good idea if I gave you three German suplexes in the match, which I, I still think is completely fine. You know? It was my first match back after being released from developmental, by the way. In the end, I was wearing the Gorilla Man fur trunks because Mark Henry had taken the silverback moniker at that point, in which we got to talk about that whole thing uh, with WWE, that whole deal. But I was wearing – I couldn't come up with another name. I didn't know anything outside of – I was like, well, I was a silverback. I'm a gorilla. That was my nickname as a kid. So I came up with the, the infamous Gorilla Man uh, gimmick my first match back, and I told you, I go – I hadn't been in a ring in like it'd probably been a year at least. Yeah. And I said, I go, I just need to, I just need to bump around. I need to feel it. And like, and I, and you, I was like, give me three suplexes. And I was, I willingly accepted that before we went out there and, and offered. And I remember there were a lot of people that like, you shouldn't be getting suplexed three times. And, and I just remember thinking like, it's a live event in somewhere in Indiana yeah. with a hundred people, with a hundred people, maybe. Easily. And, um, yeah. Not even barely. Yeah, maybe 80 to 100 people, and I, I'm pretty sure we're going to be okay, guys. There's video, I, of, of, there's video of Gorilla Man out there somewhere in Cincinnati beating the hell out of two women. And, uh, in a besides from, there's a professional match. Do you remember there is a Gorilla Man appearance on the OVW thing where it's me and you versus Ty Dillinger, Sean Spears, yeah. and, Caba- and Cole Cabana, where yep. we, we were the, the old enhancement talent, if you will, and... Uh, I, I, that was probably one of the hardest matches for me leaving there after being assigned developmental talent and coming back. And that was my first show back that Danny let me back in. Yeah. And I, because I, I'd put matches up together, you know, up to that point with all the guys. And, um, and I'd worked with Dillinger before I was there with him and mm-hmm. like, uh, or been there with him. And, and that match got put together like I was an enhancement talent. And I just remember thinking, this is so fucking wrong on so many levels. But I wasn't assigned talent, so it was. Um, but I still thought that I was just like, "Come on, guys!" But I thought everything. I thought everything was fine. Oh, well, they're they're great. I, I like both of them. And uh, but you can actually see the big rematch of Cole Cabana versus Ryback at WrestleCon. Two guys bought front row seats, and they tweeted me today uh, because of the podcast. So I really pre- front row. <laughs> Front row is sold out for uh, for my oh, show, wow. WrestleMania Weekends. Second row is still available. Let's try to get 1,500 people there for the Thursday at WrestleMania Weekend. WrestleCon.com for tickets. And, uh, well, one thing I want to do, a new segment on this show. Well, well, wait, will Bob be there, by the way? Well, who? Bob, am I going to meet Bob before he dies? I, he, might, he might come to Starland. I could see that. I could, I could. All right, here's a hidden little gem. Can we put him in a wheelchair and get him to this damn show? We'll, we'll get him. He came to my last show in a snowstorm. He was there the whole wait, time. So, wait, this guy, by, and by the way, we need to talk because you lost our tag team titles for WrestlePro uh. without you being there. <laughs> <laughs> Which I noticed you never told me about it. I had, I had to see it through the heavenly bodies bragging about it on, on Facebook. Let's explain. Really? So, your first independent appearance in a match wise was with yeah. my promotion, WrestlePro. And, uh, we, uh, we won the tag titles the first night, and we haven't defended them in over 100 days. You realize that, right? 
<laughs> I look at it, I choose to look at it. The glass is full rather than half half empty or half full rather than half empty. I should get it right. That that we have been champions for a hundred days. <laughs> That's true. It's, yeah, it's true. Very we, good. We are undefe- we are undefeated the last hundred days, Buck. So basically, we had to defend the titles. You weren't there. I couldn't afford you for that show. So Kevin Matthews took your spot, and we <laughs> and we uh, <laughs> we lost uh, that goddamn rate. That goddamn internet rate. Uh, but yeah, sorry, man. I lost the titles. We'll hopefully maybe win them back one day. We'll, we'll see Speaking how that up, goes. If you guys want to see the big guy Ryback live in your town, big or small, book the big guy at yahoo.com. Yeah. And uh, I'll be the one responding. Please, serious emails only. We've had a lot of shit fucking ones lately. A lot of good ones, too. But when uh, the good comes to bad. You know what I do want to address off the top of this show? Okay. Is that the we haven't talked about this, and I've gotten quite a few tweets about it is the show in uh, Dundee, Scott, is it Dundee, Five Star Wrestling in Scotland? Dude, We're he's totally still forgotten. Up. No, we talked about that. We had a whole episode on that. Did we talk about him? Uh, yeah, we had a whole. But I, but, but I don't think anybody, we, did, we talked about me pulling off the show then. That yeah. Did, I can't remember. Oh. Yeah. The, well, I just want to say again to everybody out there in Scotland, because a lot of people don't know. False advertisement. Be, yeah, I'm not going to be out there. I'm in Las Vegas for an appearance in Las Vegas here. So anybody, if you're in Las Vegas, I should be promoting that on January 28th from 2 to 5 p.m. at the Galleria Mall here in Las Vegas, Nevada. I'll have my supplements, book signing, uh, Ryback merchandise, and meet and greet, and just uh, we're going to have a good time from 2 to 5. I'll stay as long as the line is there. But I am booked on that day in Vegas now because of this this promoter uh, who I believe has sent the contract and trying to still finagle me for 31 dates. Uh, I don't know if you've seen that. Well, okay. So basically, the first out of all, okay, a lot of riffraff comes through the old email thing, dude. I'll say this too: um, when I, you're you're the first guy I've represented as quote agent, if you will. But I was really just going, hey, I know all the promotions. Let me see how this goes. And when when you decided to not renew the contract, uh, I was trying to figure out ways how to how do I take your bookings. I'm like, we set up an email, and dude, hun- I mean that week there was hundreds if not thousands yeah. of emails that flooded through so i went through the guys i know the promotions i respect the mcws the the all the different places that uh that i knew would be quality the house of hardcores my own yeah. promotion well i don't have to email myself but a whole you know uh heroes and legends a whole bunch of good promotions the one down south that i can't remember right now that you just did you wrestled matt hardy i forget the name of it god damn it wrestle heroes and legend yeah wrestle you know i went through the ones that i know that'd be really good and then i went through a different ones and one of them stood out to me uh it was very aggressive and we we said the whole story on a past podcast but the the rough part is that they're still advertising you saying that they have not announced that you're not going to be there i didn't know i didn't know that that's what i heard because i've seen a couple tweets saying hey you're going to be in dundee scotland and i think I don't know. I, f- I forget what it was. We addressed it one point, but you're not being there. And I don't think they've announced that you've been off the show. I think this guy in his head, he's a lot to deal with. Is <laughs> He's basically trying to say that he has 31 dates coming for you and that uh, we've also made outrageous demands. A contract, yeah. A contract coming and uh, that we want to be flown to Scotland in a helicopter. <laughs> we've made that <laughs> Wait, demand. Did he say that? I think we said that. I said, let's say we need a helicopter ride. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I forget what it was, but 
you're not going to be there, basically. So no. And did did I tell tell the story about him taking the train and all that? I don't yeah. even remember. Jeez, I totally blanked out on telling that story. Yeah, you might want to sign well, up for the concussion lawsuit and uh, yeah. <laughs> add your name to that list with fucking with all those you people. Know, you know what I want to touch on before we get into everything too is man, what a match between Kenny Omega and Okada. Really? Uh, okay. That it's like 50 minutes, 45, 50 minutes long. Uh, and everyone always asked me if there was a list who I'd want to wrestle. There's a lot of guys, but I would love to fucking wrestle Kenny Omega. I think that was like, he is, he is talented. And that, that match, if you haven't, have you not seen it yet? Dude, I feel like a piece of shit. I am very, um, I don't want to say great friends with Omega, but I'm very, um, him and Kevin Matthews, who's one of my best friends too. Yeah. They're very close. And Omega has worked for me, uh, two to three maybe even four times in the last like two years and um yeah he is he's not only he did a seminar at my school he wrestled for my promotion a couple times um he's the man he's the coolest dude you would love him he's a great yeah. he's not just good in the ring he's a great person i've, I've heard that from multiple people and it's funny because i was he came to deep south after i transferred to ovw and then eventually i was released i've never met him that i can remember at least and uh, it's always funny because everybody that when you're friends with mutual people, usually you're friends with the, their friends. Yeah. Uh, is always kind of how or you're, you get along with them, you know, typically because it, you're all around like minded people. But something you mentioned there with you had a seminar with him is why the fuck haven't I had a powerbomb seminar yet at WrestlePro? <laughs> we I've, used to say that. <laughs> but this is when you're on the road. I'm like, do yeah. you want to like come by? And you're like, well, I'll just come by. I'll give them shitty advice. And then I'll just power bomb two guys and walk out. I'm like, that sounds great. Let's come by Creative Pro. <laughs> that would be that would be a hell of a day. Work your size. But Kenny oh, Omega, no. Kenny Omega is. Um, I think he has wrestling by the balls right now. Uh, he's with New Japan. Um, Good for him. He's a guy that just like I think he's just had match after match where he's just proved his worth. And he's one of those dudes that he doesn't give a shit about WWE. He just wants. Yeah. He just wants well, to be creative and he wants to be happy. Um, well, he, and he was fired by them, right? No, he quit. He quit in really? developmental. Yeah, I didn't know that. Okay, he was miserable down there. Where like he wasn't. He was just not happy. It wasn't his type of thing. And he shortly was, that was Deep South Wrestling, though. So yeah, and after that, actually, he was kind of. There was a time. I, I don't want to tell his story, but from what I gather, he was ready to quit wrestling at one point and take on like a regular job. And uh, really, he started doing a couple independents. And uh, he he wrestled for a few things here there, and uh, people took notice. Like, wow, this guy has a great look. He's super athletic. Uh, he's he's not a huge guy, but he's still like six foot, six foot one, like bigger dude. Uh, lean, he's big enough, yeah, big enough where he fills yeah. that. You know, he looked. I was watching that match, and like he, very rarely do you see independent guys where you look at him and go, that guy's a star. Like he's a star. Yeah. And I was looking. I was from everything from his look. And he does the like that match because we talked about it last week where I went on that rant and like where you guys broke, will just where do, you broke Trent's heart. Trent's been in recovery ever yeah, since. Yeah, I haven't. I talked to him before that. I go, don't get mad at me. He goes, no, I probably agree with everything you said. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, but he everything made sense in that. But the main thing that I because you can go out there is those announcers. By the way, I think Kevin Kelly was on. The announcers did a hell of a job in that match telling the story for the match for the 50 like they added to the match like they were supposed to they didn't take away from it okay but kenny sold at the right points 
like where they didn't just throw shit away. Yeah. I mean, he just did little things, and you just look at it, you go, this guy is really fucking good. And in that, like, you could tell, one, his conditioning is on point. He never he blows fuck- up. Never. And I could tell that because he switched gears fucking 30 minutes in, 40 minutes in. Mm-hmm. At points, most guys wouldn't be able to switch gears. And like, it was, dude... I, I really, really enjoyed it. I watched it doing cardio one day at the gym. I, I didn't do my burpees. I did the elliptical for like 50, 55 minutes and just watched the entire thing. And uh, much respect to those two guys for going out there and doing it. I thought that was awesome. Yeah, uh, both of them, Okada and uh, and Kenny, um, you know, big supporters of them. I'm trying to figure out ways to get Kenny back over here for a few things. Um, I actually just wrote to him today about can things. You, can you book Ryback versus Kenny Omega? Yeah, absolutely. He'll he. I he's, would love to wrestle him. He. Um. I don't know if you've seen some of his early stuff too. He's a creative dude. There's. A, I'll send you some things on YouTube that he's done before before wrestling, where he shot his own material. It's it's this crazy video game fight, but he's he's awesome. So we're just yeah, kind of yeah. marking out to Kenny, but Kenny Kenny's a good dude and. Um, me up if you could a little bit. Yeah, no, no, that's fine. I'll be like, hey. <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> oh wait, put you up. I didn't hear that. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. That goes. I thought you said hook me up. Like, no, put you up. No. He said me up. Big guy up. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Opponent and outcome must be approved. Must be approved. God damn it. So and I know I haven't watched the match back, and I feel like a piece of shit. I feel like a piece of shit. I haven't watched Trent's match. I didn't have a login, and I love. Oh, watch- I'm an asshole too. I didn't watch. I'm sorry. I didn't watch. He told me to watch his match. At Trent, I'll watch it. I apologize. Sorry. I just didn't have a login, and I like to watch the matches when I'm doing cardio. I watch. I always watch the network. I'll do stuff to cardio, and then I feel really bad about myself after, and I feel like a piece of shit that I'm not a good wrestler after I watch really good stuff. But uh, I'm gonna watch. I that should soon. check. Yeah. I should check my network to make sure I haven't watched it in, in some time to make sure it's still alive. Because last time I checked, I checked it last week to see if it was still up and running. My network was still on okay. um, the WWE network, but they might be canceled after, after last week. Yeah. Speaking of last week, so the new segment on the show, which I love how we start getting into things we plan for, but they're like 20, 20 minutes apart. We just ramble. So the next part of the show is going to be called, What Did the Dirt Sheets Pick Up This Week? And the main thing the Dirt Sheets picked up is they covered the one sentence, John Cena is a poison. So (laughs) how do you feel about, you know, that that's what, uh, because I think the Dirt Sheets like kind of, they're clickbait. It is what it is. They want to get the clicks on it. And uh, I don't know. Do you want to elaborate on that? Because we said a lot of quality stuff. If people listen to the show, I think they kind of understand like wait well that's not all that was said in that episode and there was a valid reason for that but what do you think about that uh again i told you that it sucks that i mean i guess it's flattering that you have all these they want to run stories every week Mm -hmm. they don't do it they don't do it in the most flattering uh of ways at times are you still there buck yeah sorry sorry Uh, my thing is i'm just checking my battery but yeah uh but they I, they also quoted me as saying that he was a piece of shit. And I think a lot of people need to realize is that everybody else is an outsider. I, I was inside. I have my own personal firsthand experiences uh, and accounts with John. And me with my Feed Me More brand and everything that I am doing, uh, I base everything around telling the truth. 
uh, and telling it, and some things are obviously from my perspective, that it would be detrimental to me to say things that were not true uh, in, from my account and my experiences when I am also telling things that, you know what I mean? On I, think, I think so. Like, I'm gonna... I, have no, I have no agenda, no reason. But like, they, they say what goes around comes around, and I have my podcast now, yeah. and it came up, and, and I spoke about it honestly. And I always said I was telling my dad was asking me about this because my dad gets the bleacher reports. Really? And he goes, yeah. He gets the notifications, and he read, and he was just like, he goes, what's going on with this John stuff? And he's, he's lived it with me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's, he's lived it from when all this goes, as you did when I yep. used to talk all the time. And I don't talk to a lot of people, so you guys were some of the few people that heard live accounts of when this stuff was going on. And, and I just said, and I, go, I just told him, I, you know, I talked about it on the podcast briefly, and it, it kind of took on a life of its own. <clears throat> but I, John is a wrestler I have no problem with as far as in the ring. I, and like, he was always fine to work with and uh, it, like, no problems whatsoever in the ring wrestling. So do you, think um, he's a, do you think he's a very talented wrestler? I think he's a very good wrestler, yes. Okay. Uh, and I think he's, he's, he's held his own. And I have no, see, I, I have a different mindset than John, though. And I talked about this. I, and what I was trying to say from a, he's non-competitive in, I'm competitive, I'm competitive with myself, but I love the wrestling business. I truly do. I love myself, too. But mm -hmm. I, I love the wrestling business. John always says he loves the WWE, but he does things that are only good for John Cena, loving John Cena. And he did it, and he's shown it time and time again. And anybody who's anybody there knows that. And everybody knows that that's on the inside there. Okay, now you so, say that. Not to cut you off real quick, but you say, like, yeah. everybody. Um, is there any, I don't want to, you know, you don't have to say names, but is there any examples of that as in terms of, you know, because yeah. people are going to listen to this and go, well, why is he, he's, he's venting out on the guy that's been the, the top draw for the last, what, 15-something yeah. years. Um, but you have you have to remember too this. I I love and get along with everybody there, and and, ha and stay in in contact with quite a few of the people there. Okay, and, and there's guys and I, and and like guys that I I put over time and time again. And the Shield guys, I love the Shield guys because they're all good human beings. Mm -hmm. and, and there's along Rusev. I love Rusev. He's a good human being. Dolph Ziggler, great human being. Wade Barrett, great human being. Stu Bennett, sorry Stu, but like. And everybody else there, I can go literally down the list of guys and just say, I have personal accounts. And when you ask that, I can say, yeah, off the top of my head, I remember a time when I was out injured and, and knowing with the ankle injury, there was a guy there who poked him in the eye accidentally, uh, in which I, was John's fault most likely. And he had the guy sent back down to developmental and almost ended his career. But that guy fucking rose above and made the most of it and reinvented himself and is the man is mm -hmm. legitimately one of the few guys you could say is the man up there and has been a good soldier for them time and time again and then there's also another instance when we were backstage at a live event with john <clears throat> and i'm sitting there and we'd already been working together and john already didn't like me and uh and just from when I say didn't like me and just those personal examples of different things uh, of just not being a good human being. And now do you think a, he didn't like you because you were a threat? Correct. Yeah. I think 100% that's, that's the only reason I think from a human being, if we knew each other outside of wrestling, I think there's no problems. And I mean, John have been social and I could sit and have a conversation with him. It's just, 
And I have no problem. And I was telling you earlier before I go into this story, I have a different mindset than John. I love wrestling and I love myself and I want to be number one, but I want the business to have the number one guy, whoever is the hottest guy. You don't or, mind well, bringing up the people around you if the time is right because you'll eventually yeah. get back to that position. And that will, where- yeah, that will, that will drive me to reinvent myself. And, and, and try to figure out new ways to get over, whereas rather than just stay the same and complacent because I can, and that's what you guys are going to deal with. And like, it's a different, and, and I dare outsiders to tell me I'm wrong because they don't know. They are watching the movie and thinking the movie is real life. You are watching a movie, so quit buying into the movie because that's all that you see. I have been behind the scenes, and I know the truth. Outside of the, the stuff with you, you know, you were personally affected. Do you think John's a good person? Yeah. I mean, he's one, he's on, clearly has, you have to admit he has a great work ethic. Ethic. Oh, I'll put over his work ethic. He, he has a phenomenal work ethic. And he, like, I've, I've told him, I've complimented him when he, like, done things in movies and he had an appearance at the end of, uh, was it the, uh, the Will Ferrell movie there the last year? Yeah. He made the, the cameo at the end. And I had no idea he was in it. And I was watching it with my girlfriend. And I told him I thought that was really good. And like, I've never, I, like, outside of that, like, I've always been happy, like, for anyone's success. But there's personal instances where he's gone out of his way to mistreat me. And for no other reason, was, like you said, is he perceived me as a threat. It's because we don't have the same mindsets. And that, that his mindset is not good for the wrestling business, and it's not good for fans. So that's what I meant when I was saying he's a poison, and he's a piece of shit. It's in that regard. <clears throat> but the other thing that I was going to tell you the story is we're backstage uh, at a live event, and I, Pat Buck, I swear to God, 100%, I swear to God, I swear to God, 100% truth, like everything else I fucking talk about. Okay. There was a, there was a guy there who was a father who I guess at live events, he wasn't, he didn't have a badge where he was allowed to come where we were at. So he had to stand, and he had to stand, I don't know if it was 100 feet away, but they had kind of like a line with security that he wasn't allowed to kind of come across. Okay. But he worked, he worked at the building. And he told me, he goes, oh, he goes, I just want to say I'm a huge fan of WWE. I was over there doing my stretching, uh, just kind of away from everybody. And he goes, uh, he goes, I really, he goes, I just would like to say thank you to John Cena. Uh, he goes, is there any way that I would be able to do that? And I said, I, well, I, I can relay the message and see if he'll come over. Can you tell me what it is? And he told me that his son had a big problem bullying and mm -hmm. nothing, nothing was getting through to him. And it was only with the be a star with John Cena that he saw where that finally it clicked with him. And he, his son made it like, I guess you know, made a total switch and stopped the bullying and got his life in order. And it was a younger kid. But he was bullying other kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Bullying other kids. So that, that the be a star with John Cena was the one thing that got through to this kid. Okay. And, made, and, and changed his life and his family's life because his family was suffering, dealing with all this, this stuff going on. Okay. And I go, I go, I will go tell. I go, man, I go, that's incredible. I go to John and I tell him that. John looks up, looks at the guy who he could see who's 100 feet away or however far away he is, and he looks me right dead in the eyes and he goes, fuck him, and he walks away. So you tell me that 100, I swear to God, what and the there's, other guy, there's other guys, and I'm not to say that I haven't been a dick to anyone before over like eBay stuff in the airports. Yeah. You want 15 cards signed. After I say no thank you, then they insult me, and I'll fire off a fucking round on sure. them. Sure. But for that situation, 
you're going to tell me that? And, and I, I honestly believe it was because he just hated me so much. He didn't want to give me any, like, thinking I was going to win somehow by asking him to walk over. He, 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 couldn't, he couldn't handle that. So fuck him, and he walked away. Like, that's one little piece of everything mm-hmm. that I've seen off the top of my head. So don't, uh, anybody that tries to tell me different, you don't know. Wow. Jeez. Well, that's a little speechless with that one. I mean, it, you, you try has, to like chalk it up like, you know, everyone has a bad day and everything, but it's... Yeah. No, abs- absolutely. I'm just saying in that situation right there, and, and he heard that exact, what I told you, he knew the facts of the situation. You don't act like that no matter what in that situation. That's where, and, and there's just so many other things. Uh, it's, it's, it's just, it's, it frustrates me because people don't know and they buy in, they, they think the character is the real life. His character is the ultimate good guy. Okay. That, that's the character. It all, it, it, but, but people buy into it. And they think that, like, the, you, you're going to tell me you think all the bad guys are really bad guys? Like, like, come on. Like, grow up. You don't watch, you don't watch movies and believe that the movie you're watching is real. You don't, you don't think that, that that actor is, that is who he is when he leaves that role, when he lives his real life. But for wrestling fans, they can't distinguish it. They, mm-hmm. they don't want to. They don't want to. And well, when they hear something like that, they think you're going out of your way. <clears throat> so what I want to do now is I want to, I want to, I don't know if this will be a happy note or just a note, because I think, uh, you know, a lot of people, you know, we, the, the sheet, the, the new segment is what does the sheets pick up? And I, I hope we can play this every week because I think it's interesting. It's a good conversation starter. But I think what I want to do now, if you're up for it, is... Just to see if what you think oh, about God. Cena, you know, in your, your, your perspective, your opinion, um, name a couple. I'm going to name, you know, 10, maybe 15 talents. And okay. I want you to say, I won't do one word, but maybe just <laughs> one sentence because we've got a lot of things to get through about how you feel about them. Are you, are you up to play in the game, big guy? Uh, yeah, you're putting me on the spot, Buck. But uh, I got a, we got a lot of good feedback from going the hour and 20 last week. Yeah, we're fine, man. Going week to week has changed everything. This is fucking awesome. And I, we want to tell everyone, if you listen to our early podcast, we were doing it where we started off, we did six our first recording. I think we did four or five the second, four or five the third, and then I think we did two or three the last one. Then we finally said, you got me this podcast equipment. Yes. Because I didn't know we could do I thought we had to do it together. And I thought that that gave it a, I thought being together gave it a better feel. I like it like this a lot this more. This is better. And also, yeah, my yeah. liver my liver is not failing anymore, which is the real reason why we had to go week to week, because I'd fucking drink my face off and end up in a coma. But, uh, well, think and, about it. Because we, 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 this is wine night for when we do the podcast. Like, yeah. I, I'm on the straight and narrow during the rest of the week. So this is a night to have a couple drinks and, and to have a good time with my buddy. That's and, true. And, you know, we're, it's as advertised conversation with the big guy. And... It's uh, you do four or five of those, the wine adds up really quick, and we we witnessed that with you with you that one time. Yeah, I and, know, uh, I know, I know. Let's get over this anyway. <laughs> uh, and thank you to Cole Cabana because he gave me the equipment to teach me how to do this, and then I gave it to you. So, uh, Cole, indir- thank you very much. Indirectly, Cole Cabana is responsible for this piece of shit show. Here we go. I'm going to name some names, and you give me one sentence and one sentence only. And if I want to continue on, I'll ask you about it. But if not, I want to get through this list. 
I don't know if you know this or not. I'm dumb as fuck, Pat. It's been said, or so it's been said. So I don't know if I could stop at just one sentence, but I'll do it. Okay, best. here we go. Randy Orton. Randy Orton, I've always gotten along with him. He was one of the few guys, and this is, the period has not started yet. Early on. <laughs> I don't, I'm a chatty Cathy. The... Uh, Early on, when, when shit started going sour with me, yeah. he actually pulled me aside and goes, what the fuck is going on? Why are they doing this to you? Mm-hmm. And uh, that was one of our first real discussions. Okay. And really outside, because I think up to that point, we hadn't really, we hadn't worked with each other, been around each other. And uh, I was like, man, that was, you know, it, it was it was nice of him. And and we got to go out there and work together, me and uh, Axel with him during uh, Ribe Axel days, working the main event against The Shield with him. And uh, he was hurt, and uh, and I, me and Axel had to do the majority of the match. And ever from that point, we always got along great. And so, he's uh, he's always been very social and very cool. And I've I've I think he's one of the best. So we can give a big Batista thumbs up to Randy Orton. We'll give a thumbs up or a thumbs down. Uh, next, uh, big thumbs up. Yeah. Okay. Next on the list, Big Show. Big Show is is truly larger than life, and I. I loved, I haven't talked to him since I left. And I was just thinking about that the other day because we always used to talk uh, while I was there. And I I feel, and we've talked about it before with guys like him and Mark Henry. And he's been, he's, 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 he's an attraction and he can, he can go out there and do anything, but he knows how to work his size. And he's sometimes had to go out there a lot of times and, and not do it because of, of the system. And whereas now he's, the system seems to be using him a lot better. Um, we would text each other occasionally, and he was, I always look at him as almost like a big brother, if that makes sense, as far as he's, the wrestling business is fucked up. And I remember Everybody at one that, point, to cut you off, you were telling me a lot during Up There that you guys wanted to have like a really good program together, and that really never yeah, came. Yeah, we never had the time, and like, and also, and you got to remember, and I, I, I'm a big, strong guy, and I could, I could, I could throw him around a little bit out there when, when we're out there working and do some impressive things. But he's at a stage of his career too, where he, and he's beat up, and he's yeah. not gonna. He, he, he would have to be the heel, right? Yeah, and I was the babyface, and and he doesn't need to be bumping all the time, and like, and he's put in positions working. And guys, I feel like I was one of the few guys that I, I worked with him a lot on live events. That it's. This is fuck the sentence, Buck. We're past the sentence for um, everyone. I'll, I'll keep it. But, when it gets too long, I'll cut it off. But he's, I loved working him. He let me go out there and call matches with him, and, and we and were the agents were thrilled with the matches, and and they, you know they were 10, 12 minute matches, and he shouldn't be going twenty or thirty. He has no business. He doesn't. He could. He doesn't need to be though. And uh, where you know he did the honors, and I I can't say enough good things about him. Okay. Um, and he Big never, thumbs up. And you know what? I'll say this: the merchandising team for WWE get your heads out of your asses and make big, more Big Show merchandise. The guy is a legend; he's a future WWE Hall of Famer. And you give NXT people more merchandise, more merchandise than he has, who has not proven themselves for a week up there. You give them more merchandise off the start than he has right now, and that is fucked up. That might be a headline next week. So, big thumbs up yeah. to Big Show. You approve? Two thumbs up. Two Batista thumbs up. For the big show, we're going to move on. One big, which is one big show thumb. <laughs> <laughs> Next name on the list, Undertaker. Not a lot of experience being around him. I uh, met him many times. 
uh, as far as just saying hello at the shows. And uh, his career is obviously at, at, at a different stage where he was not a regular up there. Yeah, that, that's, treat- that's, that's got to be a thing because, I mean, like, the talent really doesn't see him except for the few moments he's there, right? And they're probably yeah. not talking to him, so they don't really know him. I, I, it was on one of my it used. It was one of my goals to be able to have a match with him, because I would like to just I would like to just put a match together and hear his thought process. Yeah, I would I would like to see him live in the ring, and and just because you pick up little things, and that's what I, we talked about before working with guys that are no longer wrestling. I wish I could have wrestled Edge and Christian, um, because you you just get little things from guys. Uh, that you don't get just working with developmental guys. Sure. Uh, that, that all come up together. But he always treated me with respect, uh, and he was always he was always kind. And um, he has a presence to him. You look at him, and you just you, – you hear back in the day that he was the locker room leader. Yeah. You, even though he's – which is a lot – it has it can't be easy for a guy that was in that position to come to the shows and see a whole new crop of talent at a place that he once ran – and he doesn't interfere in that, which I think says a lot about him as a human being. Okay. Um, that he kind, of, he kind of steps back and just, he knows he, he's there. In, on a, now he's not there every day, so to speak. Uh, but he was just always pleasant and uh, always very respectful, respectful, and I have nothing but respect for him. Okay, so, so we're three for three with that, with uh, three, yeah. three big Batista thumbs up. Uh, next one is, I'm just going to lump people together. This might be a weird one. The creative team as a whole. I talked about this. Yeah, I talked about this on the Vince Russo podcast, which should be coming out very shortly. Um, I feel the creative team has the hardest job in the world. And when I say that, I'll sum it up in this. If you tell an artist to go ahead and draw you their best picture and they spend they spend days, weeks, months drawing their best picture Mm -hmm. and you and you bring it in, you hand it to them and they look at it. And then they rip it up and says, that's shit, do it again. Mm. And then they got to go back and draw it again. And they don't spend quite as much uh, time on it again. And they go back and he rips it up and says, it's a piece of shit. And that, that happens time and time and time and over and over and over again. And then eventually they just start drawing stick figures. Yeah. Because, they, because they, they can't keep putting in the effort that they were knowing that they are handing this just to get ripped up. That is the WWE creative team. And anybody who says that is not right, fuck you. I am right. That's That was actually, uh, that was pretty brilliant. I'll give you fucking credit on that one. That was a very brilliant analogy. So overall, you think that they're good people in a shitty position. So I think you're going to give them a thumbs up, correct? Thumbs up. They they bust their asses. They get left of that. By the way, a true story about this. Okay. <clears throat> so people that question my this and that, like, that creative team gets left sitting around. Well, they'll be told they got a meeting at 8 o'clock at night or 9 o'clock at night at Stanford mm-hmm. where fucking somebody doesn't show up who's in charge until 12 or 1 in the morning because they had to go fucking work out when they told them to be there at 8 or 9. And they're left sit- sitting on their fucking hands and not allowed to leave for four or five, six, seven hours. That goes on on a regular basis. And Jesus. I, what, what kind of human being does that? Not a good one. I could tell you that much. All right. Next name on the list would be uh, uh, Vincent Kennedy McMahon. So in my new book, 
wake up it's feeding time in in the dedication section i thank the wwe one real quick at the end of the show we're gonna do an easter egg where after everything stay tuned and the 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 forward from the book which is written by a, a hell of an author uh for for the upcoming for your book which is myself uh we're actually gonna play that um so if you guys you know are interested you can you can buy the goddamn book oh, go ahead sorry that uh, and thank you very much for doing that. It was uh, very, very kind of you to do that for me, and I can't thank you enough. The Vince McMahon has let me down more than any other human being that I've ever met. Um, I I killed myself for him, and I wanted us to have a relationship and to be able to get along and communicate. And I went to him multiple times and expressed my concern uh, with that, and I never once. I never once wanted to ask him for his phone number or mm-hmm. give him my phone number. I felt that that he was in a position of being the boss that yeah. if he wanted me to ha- have his phone number, he would have it. given it to me. Yeah. And I knew there were guys much lower on the totem pole that had his phone number that he had given it to. But we talked about my ankle story and that, and that only reconfirmed to me what I already knew, how personal he took the everything with the lawyers and the attorneys and with him trying to fire me and me standing standing up for myself because he hates attorneys but he likes to punch you in the face and doesn't like to be punched back i think we're i think we're very similar in our mindsets of being obsessive and wanting success and he drove me to want to be more successful for myself and to to get hungrier even before feed me more was feed me more and for me <clears throat> It hurt me not being able to to have him accept me and, and for for what I was and for everything that I gave him and and knowing that he knew he had a guy that could make him more money than anybody and that would kill himself for him and his company and I, I think, felt like t- time think, and time again he what I think a big thumbs down is coming. Just let me finish. Sorry, <laughs> he. He let me down time and time again lying to me. And rather than just being a man and, and telling me I did not appreciate you sticking up for yourself and keeping your job by getting attorneys, like had we been able to talk about all that? And you know what? I'll take part of the blame that I didn't bring that up because I, I always felt like he would bring it up and he didn't. And maybe he thought that I would bring it up and I didn't. But it always hurt me that we could never, I felt like, that always lingered in the back of my mind of why the creative was so shitty at the, at all the wrong times. And, um, I give him a thumbs down only because of our current, you know, the past of what it was. And, uh, and like I said, I don't want, I don't hate him. I don't hate Hunter. And we just, we, we, it all stemmed from the ankle injury and it sucks. And, but if they think I'm going to sit back and lay back and like, Oh, I'm, you know, be a good soldier. And maybe they'll, They'll like they'll they'll bring me back. I mm-hmm. walked out on my own. I'm doing all this on my own. I started my supplement company, my podcast, my book. I'm doing it on my own. My website. I don't need them. I still wrestle. I left on my own, and like it always bothered me though that we didn't have that that communication on that stuff because it was an issue and it 100 it definitely played a part in everything. Do we so dare say? Down. Do we do we dare say? It, I don't know if you want to. We can edit this out if you don't want to keep this in the podcast here. But the fact that this podcast has been mentioned in legal terms, you know what I mean? 
Yeah, that that's another thing that we didn't we have never talked about is, you know, when I left WWE and, and started all my ventures, the harassment letters they sent me, um, they wanted me to turn over all my social media accounts. Yeah. Which there's no not change your name, not this and that. You're on to something. We haven't talked no, about that. That's something I think you should talk about because I think you're the only person that didn't sign that paper. Wasn't there a time that there was a meeting about yeah. this and you obviously experienced it? I'm going to put this like name association on hold because I think you stumbled upon something that's interesting with regards to the social media accounts and the paperwork that WWE wanted. So do you want to do you want to delve into that at all? Uh, or not I mean, really? It's, or just keep no, it personal? It's fine. No, it's fine. It's they brought everybody into a room one day at TV and uh, Mark Carano proceeded to give a speech about how it was, it was for something and it was, it was beating around the bush and it was trying to say, we're looking out for you guys. So, you know how like I, I promote fuel meals on yes. my, on my, so that was going on at the time and where you get 10% off and use the discount code, the big guy and all sure. that jazz. <laughs> well, Eva Marie. So I guess Eva Marie had, had promoted some stuff on social media, which people get paid to promote stuff on social media. Why and not? Yeah. So the WWE contracts had not had the social media stuff because that's such a new thing. So they had a, a, a packet of, of stuff and uh, it was a lot of information and they brought everybody in there and tried to get everybody. They gave a little spiel on everything, but the guys, some of the guys read the contract, read the, the, the thing in there before mm-hmm. they signed it. Because they they tried to, they got you in there, and then they handed them out, and then they started speaking. So that they start speaking, you're not paying attention to, you're not trying to read, you're listening to what they say. Yes. Well, they do that, and then but a couple of the guys actually read through it and saw that it says, oh, they're trying to take over our social media accounts. Where if we say something detrimental or promoting a brand that they don't want, they could fire us or fine us. And so WWE, uh, Carano and, and everybody in there. They tried to force everybody to sign the paper in there without looking over the packets, without having our attorneys look over the packets. And everybody signed them except for me, where I and a couple guys left without signing them and they forced them. They cornered them at the arena and, and, and threatened them to sign it. This legit happened. And mm. I they tried to do that to me. And I shut that shit down right away. And I said, I need my attorney to look at this, which my attorney told me, you don't need to sign this. They don't have to have any control over your social media. I mean, you said like the people without guys giving it to their attorneys. How many people? Most of the guys don't have, most of the guys don't have attorneys. That's what I'm trying to say. They don't want you to, they don't want you to know how fucked up everything is. And this is everything that I've been talking about before. There's no need for it. They hire, most of the guys there are just such great human beings and would kill themselves for the company. Absolutely. And and they fucking just, they, they, they're so stuck in the past. That's what I always got. I want them to evolve. I want Vince. I want to challenge Vince and challenge Hunter. Make it better for everybody. Yeah. Stop this bullshit. There's no need for it. There's no need. There's ways to obtain everything that they want to obtain and keep people happy. I completely agree. Going back to this, because this relates to like kind of something topical. The last name I have on this this list, I'm skipping forward, would have been Brock Lesnar. I was going to say you can keep going. I'm enjoying this if you want to keep going. The social media stuff? No, no, no. The the names. I like the name association. Okay. I mean, like, we're not even going to get to our topic then. We'll just keep on on this stuff then. Um, Before, I'll save the one. I don't think you even heard me say it. But the next one I had on the list was uh, Zack Ryder. Zack Ryder is... uh, Hell of a physique. Uh, 
<laughs> he's, uh, he's been, he was one of the guys, a funny story about him. He's mutual friends, obviously, with, like, with guys I'm friends with. Yeah. And I'd never met him back when I worked at Soli's. And I remember I, I was, when I was released from developmental and he came in <laughs> with uh, Hawkins. And I'd only seen like uh, matches of them on Deep South. Okay. And uh, when I was at OVW. And they came in and I remember thinking, I, I was like, oh, I thought they were a little bigger, like, like heavier, not tall. Like, like height-wise, they were fine. I thought they were just heavier. And um, I remember I like messaged you or somebody and said, oh, I thought they'd be a little bigger. But that got back to them. And Broski always brings that up. Really? The, yeah, yeah. And uh, so Broski, I apologize uh, that I even said that. Um, he's always been very, very great with me, very good with me. And I've worked with him. He's actually... Uh, I remember working him very early on when I was a heel and he was in that like the shit doghouse phase of like just getting mm. slaughtered and we would go out and have a decent live event match where we were able to put a little bit of time in. And he uh, and I told him he does something he does so well is that he sold, but he stayed in place. He didn't flop around on you. Okay. So that you could process what your next plan of attack was without him moving to a different position where you had to change it up. He gave you time to think which was, is a very advanced way of selling. Uh, he would still move, but mm -hmm. he gave time between the movement. And I remember as soon as he got, we got to the back, I go, you sell as good as anybody as I've worked with up here, top to bottom. And uh, he's, he's always been nice and respectful. I know he takes shots at you sometimes. Yeah, um, he's a fucking bull. No, we, lately yeah. we've been on the same supportive train with each other. So we're, we're he, cool for the time being. He did, he did message me and wanted me to ask you about the yellow dress shirt. About you big leaguing them back in the day on the Indies. Fuck, dude. Okay. All right. So, what's the story behind this? While to. No. Okay. Yeah. All right. Fine. I'll, I'll throw myself hey, under the on. bus. No. Let's take a break right here for a podcast. Let's, Let's take, a, take break. a break. Yeah. I want to hear the story. Let's take a break for an advertisement and we'll get, we'll get back to this story. You're good at this. Great. Thanks. Break. Right. Hey, guys. Real quick. We talk about food a lot on this show. Uh, we're, we're motivated by food. So, what better place to get your food than from Blue Apron? If you don't know what Blue Apron is, apparently you don't listen to the millions of other podcasts they sponsor as well. But I legit use this service and I love it. It's the number one fresh ingredient and recipe delivery system in the country. It's an awesome company. And for less than $10 per meal per person, you can feed your family and not even have to go to the grocery store and impress them with these incredible meals that you think you'd never, ever have. Uh, not all ingredients are created equal. Fresh, high-quality ingredients make a real difference, so it's important to know where your food comes from. Some of you guys eat very bland. Stop going to McDonald's. Order this high-end, high-quality, fresh stuff. It's cheap, it's affordable, and it's really good. So what you need to do is go to blueapron.com backslash conversations, because you know why? We're going to give you the first three meals for free with free shipping. Try it out. You don't like it? Cancel. But I guarantee it's going to make your life easier. You'll actually look forward to putting together these meals in 40 minutes or less. Again, it's blueapron.com slash conversations. Use the code, get yourself some goodies, and enjoy the rest of the show. All right, we're back. All right. Took a little wine break, a little live reads. And uh, so you were talking about, we did word association. You, you mentioned something about Broski. Yeah. Thumbs up. Thumbs and, uh, up to Broski, by the way, just to get that out of the way. Thumbs up. Thumbs up most of the time, but okay. So <laughs> for me, thumbs up. Me, me and <clears throat> I started training in 2001 uh, at a school, uh, the NYWC. It, it's a 
a, the the first student that I feel like I don't want to like toot my horn, but I think I was kind of like the first person that they thought had real potential. Okay, and then six months later, Mike Mondo signed. Oh up. boy, and Mondo Mondo had a, <laughs> a better career than me. And then six like a little bit after that, these two fucking guys signed up, and that's Ryder and Hawkins, okay. who didn't know each other, but they were around the same Wait, time. They're period. not brothers. But, no, apparently not. God damn it, they're not brothers. They can't team together. Major brothers. Which is, you know, that's a thing. That's why they stopped. Wait, why? Because Vince was mad that they weren't brothers, apparently. Oh, wow. Like, he was he was shot. Oh, wow. Oh, oh wow. wow. Um, God damn it. So, so, so I used to work. Uh, our home promotion started doing, like, bigger shows in New York. And uh, the booker at the time was Mikey Whipwreck, who wasn't my trainer, but he was their trainer. But I, I was kind of, you know, I was always a nerd. I was smart. And I would help book the shows a little bit, even though I was like 19 at the time. Right. So Broski likes to fucking bully me and pretends. Okay. I was also a big Ric Flair mark. And I read Nothing a book wrong one with that. time. I loved Ric Flair. So I used to go to all, before there was a WWE dress code, any, like before this was a thing. I took it upon myself to go to every shitty independent show with fucking slacks on and a dress shirt. Yellow dress shirt? Every show. Yellow dress shirt? Is that the one he's referencing? It was a yellow dress shirt. So there was one show in particular where Broski was fucking him and Hawkins and a couple other guys were in this this, uh, persona called the Rat Pack. There was five of them. And they were all newer dudes. And those guys were in shape and they looked great. So for for but this I was independent, like the, is that essentially the click of the independent for this like new guys coming in, sticking together? No, they were in a group like like job level guys. They were like the low, like like stick them in a fucking, you know, enhancement role. The job, squ- the job get, squad. Like, okay, pretty much. Okay. That's what they were. So, <laughs> so Broski was a fucking jobber. All right. So not much changed. No, I'm kidding. So... I come in there and I'm running, I'm helping like a lot of things. And I guess I'm a senior guy, even though I'm fucking 19 years old. And, uh, I wore my biz cash to this independent yeah. show that I was helping with that. I, it was my home promotion. And broski claims that like, I fucking big leagued him. Little does he that's know. Like he, I tried that's to work. Told, that's what he told me. He said, you big leagued him in the, in yeah. the yellow dress shirt and to ask about it. Yeah. And, uh, None of that's true. I tried to actually work a program with him and Young Hawkins, who is now my my partner, Creator Pro, and uh, he likes to recreate history. So, but uh, that never happened. I never bullied him. He just bullies me, and uh, I, we're both losing our hair pretty badly. Pretty badly. Yeah, he, <laughs> uh, he's going to be mad at that. I know that he uh, <laughs> he's been a big fan of the podcast. So I know, uh, especially since we've switched to the weekly format, he was uh, very supportive of that, and he's been very supportive of. Uh, Feed me more nutrition also. So thanks, Broski. I, uh, the big guy appreciates it. Yeah, I hope he heals quickly. Yeah. So very, moving on the list. Word association. Next one I had was uh, uh, this guy. He's uh, he's now in the UFC. Uh, his name is CM Punk. Oh, you're really bringing it to the big guy today. So me and Punk always got along. And, you know, even when we worked that first run, I remember it was in Tampa where we did that ladder match where the shield came out, the lights went out, and they powerbombed me through the, the table onto the stairs because they'd powerbombed me through a table so much. We had to figure out a way to make it different for the TV. And I go, well, why don't, okay. why don't we just put stairs underneath the table? And uh, I had a habit of uh, suggesting things that, you know, whatever. 
<laughs> but um, I remember texting because he was so that day. I remember this really clearly. He had a big promo going into the Rock for the Rock. I th- I don't think it was either after our match. I think it was after our match. He had a big, huge, long. It was a long promo, and if yeah. you're there and and it was it was I don't know if it was two pages long or or three pages long. It was a, a very long written promo, and he had the majority of his day. We didn't talk at all. Um, because he had to learn this promo or, or get it down as good as he can to go out there to then, you know, to free ball it, but to, to hit his main points. And, and I understood that. And that was, um, we'd done live events where we didn't talk about really anything except for the comeback and the finish. And, um, but not for TV. You, you want to try to get as much as you can for, for TV and pay-per-views. Yeah. And uh, even if, when he never, when I talked about it before, when he would kind of, he would do it last minute, and we didn't put a lot of thought into it, and it always really bothered me. Mm-hmm. Um, but that day, I understood everything that was going on, and uh, there were bigger things past me on that going into that match with The Rock. And uh, we did the, the TLC match uh, on Raw, and uh, we went out there and just we pretty much just did that match on the fly uh, on TV. And mm-hmm. at that point, I was – that was the most, most I've ever done live on TV on the fly. And I'd had dark matches and, and matches in developmental. And I remember I was so happy for the both of us that we, we pulled that off and everybody was happy with it. And I messaged him afterwards and I used to have his number and would text him and, uh, occasionally. And, uh, I was just like, thank you very much for tonight. That was, uh, that was a lot of fun under that pressure to go out there and succeed. And, uh, and he responded like, you're welcome, buddy. You're selling, you know, along. It was, we were good. It was good. And, 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 and it was more that second time around where things went more sour. Um, and I talked about this before on my, over in the UK, you know, the, the evening with Ryback, with the, the big guy Ryback, where they did the Q&A and the, the interview and all that. And um, I never, I never, CM Punk is a wrestler and performer. Um, I never had any problems with, I didn't appreciate him going on a podcast and saying I was a steroid guy, um, when I wasn't at that point in time. Mm-hmm. And, and I admit to doing it in my early twenties and you do it for, I did it from 20 to 24 or 20 to 23, whatever, however you're old, that, that doesn't carry over with you for the rest of your life. Like once you stop it, you stop it. Like it's, and I, you know, I tried and I learned my lesson, but I didn't appreciate that stuff. And he. He wasn't the easiest guy. He, 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 he was very opinionated. And, but we always got along at different times. So it was, when he did all that, it was shocking to me that he would, because that came out of nowhere and blindsided me. Um, but I have put him over, and I will continue to put him over for having the courage to step into the octagon and essentially be a modern-day gladiator and fight to the death and or the closest thing to it that we have nowadays in the UFC and, and, and mixed martial arts. Um, I think he got put in a shitty position with Mickey Gall and all that. And, but I, the, the man believes in himself and I'll never knock that. And, uh, he's confident. Um, do I think he works as hard as me? No, but I think he, I think he is a very talented and I think he opened the doors for a lot of independent guys with everything that he did early on. Um, we didn't see eye to eye on things and he obviously has gone on record saying things about me that I don't agree with and that nobody else has come out and said, 
Um, I will I, I will leave CM Punk neutral because I, I I can't go one way or the other. I don't agree with I don't okay. I don't agree with everything, um, and, and I I think the way that he he said everything, you know, it should have been handled better. And um, but we always got along before we worked together, so it sucks. And um, hmm. but and I have fun on social media, and I've poked fun at him before because I felt like he opened those those floodgates far before me. And uh, I do remember saying, like, yeah. I have dibs on the fucking running knee. Seamus can steal everything else. Yeah, yeah. That was very popular, <laughs> which, by the way, I, I do the running knee now. So thank you, CM Punk. Uh, it's a great move. I, like I that love move it, too. too. I'm going to be doing it against this week, uh, the 21st and 22nd, <laughs> Fo- followed up by the GTS. So. <laughs> do you feel the same way about the next name on the list, which would be the Vaude Villains? Okay, so those guys, very little experience with them. The Aiden English guy is fine. I didn't talk to him a lot. Um, but the, is it Gotch? Simon Gotch. Yeah, dickhead. I've said it, I think I said it before. Like, just dickhead. And uh, I'm mm-hmm. glad Hunigo beat his ass. He, that, <laughs> and like, Hunigo, I, I love Hunigo, by the way. I fucking love Hunigo. There's a two for one. His name was on the list. So you can, you, that's, so, it all inner. Double thumbs down to Gotch just because he's a fucking dickhead. The only guy. Well, it's vaude villain, so it's one up, one, one down. One up, one down, yeah. I'm sorry, English. You're the up, though, so. The next one I had on the list was uh, Titus O'Neill. Titus O'Neill is a guy that walked into FCW, knocked on the door, literally. I want a job. Literally. Literally. Yeah. Um, uh, lived near Batista, is great friends with Batista. And our favorite wrestler. <laughs> I, lo- I I downloaded the theme after you told me it on the thing. Uh, you found it on what? Uh, on, I can't. It's on. Uh, do you buy the album? No, a- Amazon Prime is for free. Oh, I have. So I pay for Amazon. So I, I downloaded it for there to do a Mark for Life Snapchat. Or I, I, I should say, I heard, I heard Mark for Life downloaded it for a Snapchat. <laughs> Mark for Life is Mark for Life's favorite wrestler, Batista. Yeah, by the way, if, if Snapchat, anybody out there listening to this, and there's a lot of you now, if you guys could message Snapchat to, to bring back the Mark for Life face, they did away with it. And uh, I don't know. It's still not no, back. And it wasn't as of <sighs> yesterday. And I am, I, I feel like I've lost a piece of my soul. Um, it yeah. hurts. But Titus O'Neil is one of the guys, he's always been uh, respectful towards me. And, uh, He's always asked me for advice and been very, because um, mm-hmm. we're obviously, bo- he's actually bigger than me height-wise. Um, I'm heavier than him, or I was, but he, uh, he's always asked for advice, and like I was always used in, in a better position than him, essentially, and he always wants to get to that next level. And um, a lot of guys, I, I, I've heard stories about him in developmental doing things like um, that some of the guys didn't agree with, but I've never really seen him do. He's always treated me nicely and kindly. And uh, he does a lot of good with, with the charities and being involved in the community. And, uh, and Batista, I got along really good with Batista. And I feel like anybody who's friends with Batista probably is a good guy, ultimately. Probably cool. Like, probably the coolest people in the world. Stu, like Wade, Wade, Stu Bennett. He, he hangs out with Titus a little bit. And me and Wade are like, he's, he's in my running of my top friends, you know, with you and with Absolutely. JD. and. So in, in, in Chris Cage, Kalen Croft. So um, thumbs up to Titus O'Neill. Big thumbs up. Okay. Wow. Good. So uh, 
moving on. I only have two left. Okay. Okay. So reviewing this, you give a big thumbs up to Randy O. Big thumbs up to Big Show. Creative team got a thumbs up. Vince got a thumbs down. Uh, Punk was a no contest. Um, the Vaude Villains got one of each. Titus O'Neil, big thumbs up. And uh, the next one on the list, Osun Kara, big thumbs up. And uh, are the WWE agents, as far as the producers go, or the producers, if you will, grouping them all in together, which may or may not be fair. I love them. Um, they, I, really? Along with the writers, the creative team, have the hardest job in the company. And for the same reason, same exact reasons. And <clears throat> they not to put you on the spot. No, I'm going to put you on the spot. Ahead. Favorite and least favorite and reason why. So let me finish my explanation first. Um, they, okay. they have to be the bearers of bad news as far as going out there, especially live events are one thing. All the guy, all the boys are understandable on live events. Cause you get to, Sure. Outside of like a of a match where you there's occasionally a match you 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 get jobbed out and then you call out a guy and you get jobbed out again, uh, but it's usually an entertaining role. Um, what do you mean by jobbed out? I, like, I say jobbed out where you get beat quickly. Uh, where yeah, yeah. where you go out there and you lose a match in, in in a you know within thirty seconds or a minute, and you get on the microphone and uh, blah blah blah. I came here to win. Nobody could beat me. That was a fluke. And then Big Big mm-hmm. Show comes out and choke slams you and beats you one two three. Heath Slater is the master at that at that role, or he was. It's a great job. He would make it. It was my dream job. <laughs> he would make it way more entertaining than it had had any business being entertaining. And he, I okay. always that I love Heath and everybody loves Heath. He will. He knows that he'll go out there and make he'll make it work. Um, they. They have a very tough job of on TV and pay-per-views of communicating what the boss wants. Um, and that is their job. And it is their job. Um, I always thought Arn Anderson was really, really good at um, communicating. And he is very good at, at communicating the finish of the match. Um, but but mm-hmm. doing it in a sensitive way where you can at least... He will, he will make you feel... It could be the shittiest situation... And he will find a way to where he, he softens the blow somehow. Um, okay. And he did that with me time and time again. He was with me a lot. Um, I, and I'm going to kind of, I, I don't want to sit there and say, I don't want to, I don't want to say favorite and least favorite uh, because I, 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 okay. I, I didn't get the opportunity to work with all of them uh, uh, the same amount. But I, I definitely, I like, I enjoyed working with Arn Anderson and Fit Finley a lot. And because they, they mm-hmm. both, um, they both, I felt like respected me enough to know that what I was doing, where they let me go out there and do what I wanted, where they didn't, was it, what's that? Was it always that way with Finley? No, we actually, I thought for a while, I thought he was very, I thought he was kind of negative towards me and, and didn't, didn't respect me, um, early on. And, uh, and that always really, really bothered me. And, but after that Rybaxel period, and I just, I just kept busting my ass. I didn't care what the finish was. I was just like, I'm just going to keep getting bigger, getting stronger, just, just keep getting better. And with, with what I was allowed, it's hard to sit there and, and, and make the most out of a three minute match on TV. But when I, when yep. I was allowed 20 minutes or 15 minutes on a live event, I would make sure that I, I fucking put in my fucking time. And 
And was he the guy that was there for a lot of that stuff, yeah. like the live events? And, and I okay. slowly won him over from what I was told. Um, by I remember one of the other producers who's no longer there telling me that exact situation that he didn't like me, um, but I feel like he didn't know me before. And I sure. feel like once he got to know me, uh, then he did like me and he respected me. I was told, and to me that was it, it made me feel that 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 felt as good as anything up there to hear that. Because that's what you you want your, the respect of your peers and the produ- the producers especially because those guys are most of mm-hmm. them are Hall of Famers and guys that have seen everything. So I remember you telling me that specifically. That's why I brought it up and kind of did it that yeah. way because you said like for a while you're like Finley hates me. Finley doesn't whatever. Yeah. And I think Finley probably looked at you like kind of what the forward of your book is going to say. Yeah. But had that prejudice, like this guy's just here. He's a fucking bodybuilder guy. Fuck this guy. And then when he saw your work ethic, like fuck, this guy belongs. He gets it, you know. And that probably was more rewarding at the end of it, knowing like, oh shit, I got this. Who may be one of, dare I say, top ten most respected workers of all time. Absolutely, you know, Finley in that regard. And I think people have to remember, like people in, in with my style and my size. You got to, like, and Brock Lesnar is a good example of this. He doesn't go out there and chain wrestle. They, Brock Lesnar knows how to go out there and chain wrestle. I know how to go out there and chain wrestle. It doesn't, it well, doesn't well, It wouldn't fucking make sense for you to, like, lock up and grab a, grab a hammer lock. You remember lock. that match with Kane and Big Show back in the day on Raw? I think it was where they chain wrestled for a lot. It was like. <laughs> no, but I want to watch it. Look it up. I'll find it for you. It was, you could tell it was those guys that they were like, all right, we're going to go out and show everybody we could work. And, like. I remember watching at home and being like, why are they doing this? Like, it just it not being in the business. And, and that's why I don't, I don't adhere to that style because there's smaller guys where that benefits them because they don't have the power moves that I have. And it, there's different styles. Yeah. And I feel like our fans don't respect the different styles. Um, and, and it sucks. No. But I, that to me was, was, a, was a huge victory for me with fit. Um, being able to you brought up a good, you bring up a great point though with the fans not resp- before we get to yeah. that like uh, I thought that too like I agree with you people don't respect a certain style uh, case and scenario cruiserweights are all the rages this year yeah and I've noticed that when they get down to their style everyone is either high flyer or technical yeah. and I'm just wondering like is that the only style that exists like there's a power guy which isn't a cruiserweight a technical style and a high flying style and it's like almost kind of I don't, it makes me it makes me scratch my head a bit because like it just goes with what you were saying with um, how fans are kind of I don't know like they don't respect certain I'm probably saying this wrong I also drank a lot of wine but uh, I I said it earlier on I actually said it on Twitter today our fans are green they they want to sit there and say wrestlers are green we have green fans where they yeah. don't know how to be true fans because they're so new to this and they they're just opinionated as fuck and they don't they think they know when they don't know. On uh, talking about the different styles, I think Okada and, and, and Kenny Omega kind of broke that barrier down a little bit where they they have their own style, but they, they sold and they made it everything mean something, which is why I like that match so much. It wasn't just high spots. They told a story. Yep. And the, the fact, like Seth Rollins is another guy who can do anything in the book, but he knows how to tell a story. And like that's why I like Seth so mm-hmm. much. He's, he's new school, but he understands old school and respects it. It's a lot of the independent guys don't respect the old school. Respect the old school. You, new school's cool. I like it. 
but you got you got you got to pace yourself on it where a lot of them say fuck it I'm just going to go out and blah 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 like that's being disrespectful to the old school psychology that which is why you're in the business so hmm moving uh overall I'm sorry I cut you yeah. off cuz beforehand we were talking about you talked about Finley was respect and we you didn't want to give a you know favorite or not favorite <laughs> yeah. agents uh, so, uh, so overall, overall though, and I, and again, I worked with Michael Hayes during my main event run, uh, the multiple times there, uh, in the main event scene, I worked with Hayes very closely. Um, he was always fine. He was always, always treat, always treated me with respect. Um, I, I thought Hayes wanted to be, he wanted to know everything beforehand, which I didn't always like. Okay. And, uh, I remember a scenario with him. It was me and Cesaro and, uh, it was a it was a TV match, and this was during my first run in the main event, and we did something where Cesaro went for his finish on me, and I threw him up into my finish out of his finish. Mm-hmm. And Hayes though was like he'd said something in the back where he goes, and Cesaro at that time was very quiet. Uh, he's since he's learned the deal, um, where Hayes was like, I don't know if that's gonna work, and I said, fucking trust me, it will work. And Cesaro just kind of looked at me. And Hayes looked at me, and it fucking worked because I knew it. Like, it was going into the finish. What we would ever? Why wouldn't it work? I, what was the reasoning I, behind that? I don't that? remember what it was, but there was something. He he'll tell you when he doesn't feel something, which I respect. Like it's his. That's his right. Maybe it was one of those things, like oh, the finish isn't isn't over to a degree. So when he goes for that pile driver thing, yeah, they won't pick up on maybe, it. And, and, I don't and, know. It, that honestly could have been it all. Absolutely. And where he just thought maybe it was flat. And if you go back and watch that match on YouTube, it was somewhere in 2012, I believe, um, where he goes for it. And then I launch him up into it. And the crowd, like, they come with it. And and he was like, God damn it, you were right. And, like, and I was just like, I know what I'm doing. Felt yeah. good. And, and, but it felt good to, to be able to – I didn't even think about it when he said that. I just spoke up and, like, fucking trust me. I know. Like, I've been, I've been yeah. in the system now long enough. And – um. But I always enjoyed it. And those guys have a very difficult job. They get stuck waiting around at TV for Vince and everybody to come on in. And um, they, uh, they are just simply doing what they are told. And they, uh, they, it, it can't be easy uh, to be in the position they're, at, they're in. And I have nothing but respect for each and every one of them. So, Wow. Okay. So it's a big thumbs up yeah. again um, across the board for that one. The last one on the list, we got to it. We got away from it. I want to get into it because it's very topical. We're not even going to get to the fucking thing I wanted to talk about today, which is fine. But the the last name on the list is uh, Brock Lesnar. I always enjoyed every encounter I had with Brock, but early on. <laughs> I remember <coughs> these boxes. Yeah. You got you have got to talk about this. Because so, I yeah. remember, <laughs> and I'm gonna let you I'm gonna let you tell the story. But I remember distinctly you voxing me going, all right, so Brock's back here. He keeps fucking looking at me. I don't know what the fuck is going on. I remember this distinctly. Yeah. I, and I will say it's been on my, on my one, my, I have one goal board upstairs. It says Ryback versus Brock. I don't know if you saw that when you were out here in my game room. That was pretty, you know what? You actually, Dare I say you motivated my wife was really impressed with the goal boards yeah. and she's like, I kinda wanna get one. Like I didn't real like I have one in my office right here yeah. right now. But like I have them everywhere. She was dude, they're everywhere. I, like yeah. all over your fucking 
mansion. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> it was it was pretty uh, pretty cool. And I've had that one on there, and I will say I want Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania, and I won't. In I don't care what my situation is with everything. I've said that time and time again, and that will break pay-per-view records. And I'm one of the few guys he cannot manhandle. And I fucking, I love the challenge of everyone, like this guy who everyone thinks is indestructible. I love that fucking challenge. And it motivates me. It makes me want to go fucking train for 10 hours a day. Like I want, like, I want that responsibility to be like, holy shit, if I don't bust my ass to go in there with this guy, I'm going to get my ass kicked. I want that. I'm like, yeah. And like, cause nobody will fucking step up like me and Brock early on. So, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. No, no, no. So talk about that time. He was kind of around. He, so he just came back. Cause he, if you remember, he debuted on raw. I debuted, uh, on SmackDown the following night. Okay. And against Barry Steven. Holy shit. So this was like, wow. I didn't realize the time. Yeah. Period. Oh. Yeah. So your debut Orla- was mirrored with the time he came yeah. back? Orlando, Florida. Wow. This was Raw in Miami. Mine was in Orlando, Florida against Barry Stevens. If you want to go look it up. Uh, Barry Stevens. The, I remember it. The, the greatest place on earth is uh, the, the line for Disney World uh, with an F for Earth. Earth. Um, <laughs> uh, great. Wow. I didn't know it was the same time. I thought you already established it. But I, I had the memory wrong. Yeah. Like you were just starting off. <laughs> and uh, so some point after that, we're at TV. This could be months later or weeks later. And I'm sitting in the stands. We talked about my captains of crush hand grippers. Yes. I bring them on the road with me when I was on the road. With them. <laughs> I didn't know they were called yeah. <laughs> captains of crush. Yeah. That should be our tag uh, team name. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I, I knew they were hand grips. I didn't know they were called captains of I'll crush. Look them up. They're legit, dude. They're the most legit hand grippers in the world. And I, yeah, but the wizard just took a back bump. That's like his favorite, like to hear the captains of, of, of uh, crush. <laughs> he, he is foaming at the mouth to get put in a full Nelson by the big guy. Ca- the captain of crush. Go ahead. He, would, he wouldn't even be able to fucking get out the wow of oh wow with me, Buck. Um. <laughs> Real quick, right before you say that, the Starland Ballroom commercial, I didn't send it to you yet, but I will. Um, they want, it's like a rundown of the card, February 10th, Russell Pro Online. And we snuck in uh, a wizard. Like there's action shots. Yeah. There's like all these different things. And real quickly, there's a wizard like full Nelson scene that cuts out that nobody notices yet, no but I'll send it to you. So if people, I swear to God, I'll, if you want to check out Russell Pro on Facebook, but uh, anyway, back to Wait, uh, you're running, you're Brock. running commercials for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna do. I think I'm gonna do uh, commercials on Raw and SmackDown, maybe for like two or three weeks. You know, I should say, you guys, come on out to the Starland Ballroom, and where's it at again, Buck? Uh, Sayerville, New Jersey. It's me versus Brian Cage, the Machine, Brian Cage, uh, big guy versus big guy, and uh, for the first time ever. So come on out. I promise you, it's gonna be well worth uh, the price of admission. Um, but out to Brock, on to Brock Lesnar, and yes. I, so I'm sitting in the stands one day. And I'm doing my hand grips like a dickhead because I'm like, just, we're waiting. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know you're doing hand grips. That makes it better. Yeah, yeah. I brought them. I, so I would do them usually like in the car on the ride to the next town, like a couple nights a week. And uh, I, I always love the hand grips because after I would do them, I would always get a compliment by a, an unknown stranger. Like, wow, your forearms are amazing. Or you have great, <laughs> great vascularity in your forearms. So it always just kind of like, 
it kind of uh, motivated me to want to do them. Oh, they're working. And uh, so I'm sitting in the stands, and it's him, Hunter, and Vince are standing in the ring. And I'm like, okay. I'm like midway up whatever arena we were at. And uh, him, Hunter, and, and uh, Vince had their backs turned to me. And they all turn and look at me at the same time. While I'm, I'm just mm-hmm. sitting there looking at them doing my hand grips. And just squeezing the grip, squeezing the grip while they're staring at me. And, and I, so like I'm making eye contact with them. None of us are breaking eye contact. And then they start talking. So like I'm doing my hand grips. We're making eye contact. And now all three of them are talking back and forth to each other, all just staring at each other like this. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? This is so weird. I'm not breaking my fucking attention. They're going to fucking. <laughs> so like we all keep staring at each other. So it turns out Hunter actually came up and told me later on. Hunter always used to come up and like talk to me and tell me little things early mm-hmm. on. And uh, he uh, and he helped me like with my entrance and like he did different did different things for me uh, where I, I'm not going to always bash Hunter. Like we didn't see eye to eye on things, but like there were good moments there. And he mm-hmm. he told me uh, that. Um, Brock thought I looked like Shane Carwin and uh, it like triggered because it triggered something in him. And I think that's fucking hilarious. Like hilarious because Shane Carwin beat the fuck out of him until Shane Carwin got gassed and then Brock got him. And I just, but I thought when you told me that you're like, dude, he keeps fucking staring at me all day. I'm like, and he told me that I'm like, Oh my God, that makes total sense. Like, yeah. And so before that, there was a, there was an instance where other WWE talent saw this. I was warming up right before my match. Brock was with Paul, like maybe, maybe a hundred, hundred feet away, hundred fifty feet away. I was doing my bands and doing burpees and doing push-ups and getting blowing myself up before I went out there to work. You would blow yourself up before a yeah. match and just get like burpee yeah, wise, yeah, really? Just get like not all the time, but when on time when I was really fucking, I would jump rope. I jump roped all the time. Uh, but there were early okay. on, I would do burpees early on because you blow that, you blow up, you get your wind back, but you kind of like you're in your second wind where you don't blow up as much. Um, okay. But he would just stare a hole through me from a distance with Paul. Paul would be like, just talk, but Brock would just be and like more than when you knew, like, like what the fuck it's big guy heat, which is a very real thing, which I was about to say that fuck big guy heat yeah. <laughs> where it's where you, a big guy sees another big guy and he's like, He's not as big as me or he's not as strong as me. It's a very real thing and it happens. I encounter it every day of my fucking life. And I'm, I'm at an age now where I like, I don't care anymore. But I see guys in the gym all the time. Like they, they bow up when I come walking by and I'm just like, Jesus fucking Christ. Like, I'm mm-hmm. not like, it's just come on guys. Like, let's just fucking all get along. And uh, there's room for all enough big guys. I'm the only the big guy trademarked. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but the... Uh, so, but I remember there was one funny story with Brock where I was, uh, I was doing, I have those bands where like I bought them from sports authority at the time, back in the day, they like, they had a, like, I think they were like 60 or 70 pound bands. I think they were 60 pound bands, um, where they're, they're very heavy resistance. And, uh, okay. I was doing them and then I, I always, I would always bring them out and set that in my jump rope out at wherever I was warming up before the show. And uh, mm-hmm. one day I was like away from a distance and I, I got done doing, doing them and I walked away and started a conversation with somebody and I like looked over and like Brock, I, wa- I encountered Brock watch, walking over and like look around and he didn't see me. And then he like tried the bands to see how hard they were and he just did them a few times and then put them back. Really? Yeah. And I always laugh at that. He always used them to warm up after that though. So I was like, oh, it's good. My bands are good enough for fucking Brock. So 
They're not those pussy little thin green ones. You know, these are fucking thick man bands. That's what I use. I use the green ones. God Uh, damn it. God damn it, Buck. Come on. You're killing me. I I do my little uh, push-ups, my DDP yoga, and uh, bands. But it's very topical because Brock Lesnar this week, or dare I say last week, he, uh, he was suspended. I mean, no, he was suspended, but his purse... He lost 10% of his purse yeah. for the fight with Mark Hunt, which I believe he got $2.5 million for. Uh, just this week, Mark Hunt um, has sued UFC and Brock Lesnar yeah. in a civil suit based upon the pack that based upon the fact that he feels cheated, that it was a legit uh, you know, athletic contest, and that um, and the example that it's setting for MMA, the fact that he you know, Brock Lesnar failed the wellness test yeah. and, you know, was caught for that. And he dare, he walks away with still, you know, $2.25 million instead of 2.5. Um, I thought it was interesting to bring up, especially because of the fact the last episode we covered the wellness policy. And Mark Hunt is 100% in the right with that because if you look at how Brock won that fight and with his wrestling and, and essentially controlling him with his strength and power and skill, um, you know, and, and for, so my thing is this with this, Pat. Sonny is whining. Is that yeah, dog? Sonny. I'm going to let him hop up. Come on, boy. Come on to daddy. Yeah, yeah. Pick him up, man. He, uh, say, <laughs> my little dog. I've been busy all day working. So uh, Sonny and Sophie have, uh, they've been here with me. I left for the gym and to do some other things to see. Shira, by the way, who has cancer. I told you we got her on um, the Rick Simpson oil, the weed oil. And it. I mean, let's, you can say like you know, one of your dogs is a little bit older and 12, has yeah. little health issues. Twelve and a half and years has old. A, yeah, but we has some tumors on them. But you've you've discovered this thing called what is it? Rick Simpson. Rick Simpson oil, uh, which is weed oil with it has some other ingredients in it. Uh, but her chemo quit working, and her tumors were growing so fast they were bursting through her skin and started bleeding. Uh, we put her on this weed oil uh, earlier this week on Tuesday. Her bumps have all gone down everywhere. Um, but one of them started bleeding on her chest, the one that was a huge mass. So my dad has blood mm-hmm. all over his house. Uh, but luckily, we Ugh. have the cone uh, that goes over her head because she kept licking it, which made it bleed. So now, but yeah. it's gone down. It's going down. So, and they say dogs heal at, at just an exponential rate. They heal so much ha- faster than humans. She, okay. uh, I, I kid you not. The bumps that were on her back, the the tumors that were growing, have all gone down. They're half the size that they were. <clears throat> and, because of this marijuana oil yeah, and, called Rick Simpson and oil. So my dad, we started rubbing it on the the, the big tumors on her, and she it makes her tired. Um, but we and he has to rub it on her gums. And he puts on gloves. So it's like cannabis. It does probably get her high too, right? Absolutely, like relaxed yeah. Or- but it calms her down. But she still does everything and moves around and uh, because her chemo quit working. But the chemo is so bad for dog. It was killing her. The chemo was killing her, too. And uh, now she's back to her old self as far as being happy and, like, moving around. But she gets one. When yeah. you give her the weed uh, oil, the, she she gets very tired. And she, she like, yeah. Sure. So, but it, it. Eats a lot of pizza. <laughs> yeah. It is very difficult to. And I know I'm going off topic a little, but I wanted to talk about this. No, nah, like, who cares? Uh, like in people, and we, I want to be more than wrestling with this. But this, we've done wrestling a little bit here. Uh, Mark for life's not happy, but who gives a yeah. shit? It's it's so gut wrenching to to have animals that you love, 
And to, to, I got her when I got signed by WWE and left for wrestling. Um, to, oh, yeah. really? So wow. it's like, to me, I hold on to my like, it's funny how you, you remember your dogs for that period of your life. And I remember Roxy, Pebbles, and Bam Bam, the other dogs of mine that I had put down before that. And I associated them with my childhood. Roxy was, I mean, uh, Shiro was essentially the beginning of my wrestling career. And she was. Okay. So it's, it's sad to see that her life is coming towards an end. But we're hoping we yeah. can get another year. Um, and this oil, I'm hoping because it is working already. But she is in the very advanced stage with cancer. And uh, okay. it's hard. And my dad, my dad loves her so much. I could tell. And like he, we, I, I walked in today after the gym. I, I, I come over there and I eat my, I go grab a pollo loco and come in. And I usually hang out for 30, 45 minutes. And just, I see my dad almost every day. And that's kind of like my way mm-hmm. of just hanging out with my dad and my dogs. And um, yeah, she, my dad, I walked in and my dad was lying on their dog beds with her. They, I, I got them some dog beds for Christmas for the floor. And he's like lying on the dog bed, holding a towel to her chest because she's bleeding so much, and like, Ugh. and like with a with a bucket full of water. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? It's it's hard to see. And I'm like at a level like with everything where I I understand death and death is. I'm happy for her to move on and like because life never ends. But it, it it's hard because you miss what you love, um, as you know. And on a whole other level, and um, but I'm hoping she makes it for another six months to a year. So uh, it's just uh, it's sad to watch it going on. And mm. I would bring her here and keep her here too. My dad loves them so much, and but Sophie and Sonny would really like they like to play, and uh, she kind of needs to just be lying down and, and being by herself. So, but um, losing an animal is never easy, and it's anyone out there that has experienced it, and most people, anyone who's had an animal has. So uh, it's um, let's all pull together for Shira and hope she can uh, make it with this weed oil. Yeah, I mean it's your kids. Yeah, I, mean, I can see the the little uh, little Sunny in the the corner of your uh, my little phone right now. Sophie's right here now. But, uh, She's climbing over. What's going on over here? <laughs> they, they, I got to take them for their walk tonight. I, I Snapchat it usually taking them for a walk late at night. So so we're we're. 90 minutes into this episode but what did we, uh, we didn't finish what were we on there with uh the whole situation with brock we, we talked about brock we talked about the the fail he failed and mark hunt's <laughs> yeah. lawsuit and I, oh yeah that's what i wanted to touch on and by the way brock okay. brock thumbs up he's always in uh curtis axel a good friend of mine um is good friends with brock oh he trained with yeah. him to get him back in shape and uh and brock he always puts over brock and like i said your friend usually you're friends with guys who you're friends with and uh he seems like a fucking cool dude like i don't give a fuck i'm just here for this like he does seem like once you get to know him he'll be kind of cool yeah, he's cool as fuck and he doesn't care about fame which is the best part like which i like yeah so people associate guys that are like in public that just want to be normal he didn't like get into wrestling to be famous he got into wrestling because he was an amateur wrestler and wanted to make a living doing something that he knew so it transferred over to yeah. pro wrestling which happened to be fucking seen by millions of people but he didn't want to get into professional wrestling to be famous he did it to earn a living and there's a difference yeah. in like people he's he's happy living in canada and like living fucking by him like i'm the same i live all the way in north vegas fucking i shouldn't fucking say that like on the thing but i live 
away from everything. You know what I mean? And like, yeah, yeah, it's way away from the strip. I I like being secluded from things. And like, I like feeling normal at times and whatnot, but big thumbs up to Brock. He was always cool with me. And, um, uh, nothing bad to say about him. And like I said, I would, uh, he can't manhandle me. And that's one thing he likes to manhandle guys. And, uh, <laughs> God damn it. Just two big guys. God, that was a big guy. He it's finest. He's a great guy, but he, he can't do anything to me. Who's that? So, uh, <laughs> Brock, I want so you to the break associ- his arm. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a word association we have here. Um, I was gonna, I, I talked to you. I wanted to get into tough enough, but, uh, there's no fucking way we're getting into this. Not the million dollar tough enough. I want to talk about tough enough on a whole. Uh, I was motivated from the other podcast, but we uh, Bruce yeah. is with topics. But we didn't even fucking scratch the surface. We didn't even finish this name association been, yet. So I mean, I mean that's a whole. That was the last one I had. But that was it. I mean, the, I, mean I can make up ones. The roster's full, and then Dolph Ziggler is going to get mad if I don't mention him. Dolph and me. Dolph is one of my favorite guys. We're going to the AVN Porn Awards to hang out again next. When's that? Next week. Oh, God damn it. I would have fucking flown myself out again. A lot of <laughs> Lauren. <laughs> a lot of trannies in town, Pat. I know. It's, which is exactly why I would have flown myself <laughs> in again. <laughs> so uh, let's wrap this up, I think. I think we've done a hell of an episode. Let's plug some stuff. No, I think everybody get Feed Me More Nutrition is available now on feedmemore.com and at I'llPumpYouUp.com. And also, Wake Up, It's Feeding Time is available on Amazon in paperback and Kindle form coming in February on Audible. Uh, thank you guys very much, Pat. WrestleProOnline.com. Uh, we have two shows in February, one in March. Check it out if you're in the New York, New Jersey area. WrestleCon.com. Uh, and go to the WrestlePro show if you're in town for WrestleMania during the week. We're on Thursday night. You can come see a whole bunch of stuff. Ryback will be on it. I will be on it. It'll be a good time. Meet us on Friday and Saturday. We'll be at the same table Friday and Saturday all day long, uh, signing autographs or hoping that someone recognizes me from the podcast. Um, We also got creatorprowrestling.com, show January 20th coming up. Uh, And if you want to be a wrestler, hey, hit us up. I'm Buck Never Stops across all platforms. And I am Ryback22 on Twitter, the big guy Ryback22 on Instagram. Ryback247 on Snapchat. Thank you guys for listening. You have just listened to another episode of Conversation with the Big Guy. Forward. It was the end of a very long training day at OVW, Ohio Valley Wrestling. And at that particular time, I was a walk-on athlete trying to secure an opportunity with World Wrestling Entertainment, WWE. Practice was exhausting, and all of the wrestlers were cooling off. One of my fellow wrestlers approached me. I feel bad for you, man. Ryan Reeves is coming here next week, said Jack Bull. Jack was a contracted wrestler that had just transferred into OVW from their other farm league, Deep South Wrestling. What do you mean, I nervously asked. Jack continued on. You know the guy from Million Dollar Tough Enough? He's about twice the size now, and he's coming here on Monday. He's about 300 pounds of muscle, and he's rough. Good luck, Pat. At that time, I trained alongside contracted WWE developmental wrestlers. OVW was a developmental system, kind of like what minor league baseball is to MLB. These men and women already had jobs and were awaiting their call-up to the main roster. Not me. 
I was a proverbial new kid on the block, the low totem pole grappler, a bump and feed man, and an unpaid expendable. Every now and then, a new athlete would arrive into the system. If they had prior wrestling experience or a notable independent wrestling buzz, they could immediately work with more experienced OVW wrestlers on the television show. If they were relatively new, they were put with me to gain experience. I was told I'd be working with Ryan for a few months. It wasn't that I wasn't that good, but I could take the bumps. I could get my buck kicked very well. And if I got hurt, who cares? I didn't care. I was used to it. I was already conditioned to work matches with giants, former failed football players, shoot fighters, NCAA heavyweight wrestlers, and the like. I just wanted a job. But I had little respect for these outsiders that were just hired for their past accomplishments or their look. I actually hated them. I called them tin men because they had no heart and no love for professional wrestling. The true wrestlers and wrestling fans felt the same. Ryan was not that. Ryan was the exception to the rule, but I truly believe there was a prejudice against him for the way he was built. People couldn't understand that someone with his prowess was actually a fan of the business. I believe that prejudice followed him his entire career, and fans that don't know him still have that judgment. We had a bunch of matches in developmental, became very close, and through the last 10 years have remained brothers, though on different coasts, in different companies, and on completely different paths. In wrestling, I saw him work tirelessly and then get fired for no reason. After that, I worked 50 hours a week with him for many years at a barbecue joint just so we could afford to live and keep training and be around wrestling, hoping to get a second chance. He got rehired when no one thought he would. He gained steam and overcame injuries that should have ended his career. I've seen all the roadblocks and watched him either barrel through or steer around them to continue forward to success. At the time of this writing, he's only 35 years old, and it's downright exciting to imagine what his future holds. This book will let you know who the real Ryback is, both inside and outside of the ring. To this day, I don't know of anyone who trained harder, loved wrestling more, or devoted his entire life to it the way he did. He's the big guy with the even bigger heart. Enjoy. Pat Buck. The period of civil war has ended. It's definitely an improvement and totally not a lateral move. Join Ambassador Plek Dexeter and his intrepid crew as they explore astounding new worlds, discover their heroic destinies, and meet weird bug creatures and stuff. This is Mission to Zix. Mission to Zix, an improvised science fiction podcast. That's CYXX, launching September 6th. 